when you're super into training your dogs, it's like hard to ask for help. Trainers, we have like full-time jobs and we have mm -hmm. other things going on and like it's okay to ask for help. And I think like at that moment, that's when, you know, you can really sort of push through things, whether that's like help in the sense of just like mental health, like help, you know, support me through this, or that's like professional help through a trainer. Yeah. Um, you know, I think either can be really helpful. Hi there, I'm Caroline, dog mom to Australian Shepherd mix, Layla May. Welcome to Owners Tell All, an Instagram live series where I chat with other dog owners about the successes and struggles of owning a dog. As a first time dog owner and mental health advocate, my goal is to make new dog owners feel less alone, give hope for those problems people thought they couldn't solve, and match words to how their dog is acting or how they are feeling. Thanks for being here and make sure to follow us on Instagram at L-A-Y-L-A -L -A underscore L-M-A-Y-Y-Y. Hello everyone. I'm just going to go ahead and add Tessa. Hey! Hi! How are I you am. today? I'm good. I have been working a little extra, so I was like working until probably like 30 minutes ago, and then I was like, I probably should eat and like get ready. Oh or my god! Working late. Yeah, I like sometimes I just like get into a project and I'm like, um, like I'm in the zone, so I don't want to like break that concentration, you know? Yeah, I feel that. Um, I'm just gonna do a little intro. So this is my third owners tell all. Um, I just came up with that random name because it reminded me of The Bachelor. And um, also, if you're on here, thanks for being here instead of watching The Bachelor or The Bachelorette because I know it's on right now. Competition. <laughs> so, um, I know. <laughs> um, but I wanted to start this live series to kind of bring attention to reactive dogs um, and their successes and hard work as owners. Um, also to speak a little bit about mental health and just mental health in general and then mental health um, surrounding how your dog might affect it and um, the trials and tribulations that come with like um, you know, like off-leash dogs or your dog reacting and how that can affect you and how you bounce back and then just talking in general and uh, getting people people to see new owners, new people, hear stories, um, maybe put accounts to faces because um, we, we don't always show ours. And yeah, just maybe somebody will hear something on here that are like, yeah, my dog definitely does that. I'm glad that, to see that that owner fixed it and they're they're on their way to, to a new positive lifestyle and enjoying yeah. their life with their dog. So. Yay, I love that. Yeah. With that being said, um, we can go ahead and get started. We have seven people on here. That's good. Hi. <laughs> yeah. And if you guys 
have any questions along the way, just throw them in here. I know Sophia is already chatting us up. So, <laughs> okay, well, Tessa, Tessa dreading me in the live. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sophia, I'm glad you're on here because I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while. I know. So, um, Hi, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so go ahead and tell us a bit about you and uh, Echo, and you can throw in stuff about Jesse if you please. <laughs> uh, he should be so lucky. He's like sitting on the listening. Um, yeah, so I we adopted Echo from Korean Canine Rescue probably like a little over two years ago. So I think it was March 2019. Um, and she will be three-ish um, in, like, j this month or next month, based okay. on what we know from when we adopted her. Um, so she, uh, they, the purpose of this rescue is that they rescue dogs from Korea, so they bring them over. Um, so that's where Echo's from. Uh, I don't know, we don't know her breed mix for sure, but we think uh, probably, like, Dutch Shepherd, Greyhound mix mm -hmm. um you know if you see her like run around you can definitely tell she's she has some greyhound in there um, is dutch shepherd or this like smaller uh i mean i think she's like, not as like, big as a greyhound that's for sure yeah no i think like uh dutch shepherds are pretty big like german shepherd sized and then oh, okay. some, some people also think she is more like of a, of a malinois mix maybe i don't know that that's correct okay. but yeah. um, i think males are a little bit smaller yeah, I think they're. Uh, and then she probably has like a bunch of other stuff mixed in there too. Yeah. Um. So yeah, when we first got her, I think the really good thing about this rescue is that they take a training deposit. Um. It's just like fifty dollars, but basically they're like, we'll take this deposit and then let us know when you book your first session with a trainer, and we'll give it back to you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, is that is that rescue just in New York? Or do yeah. they have other locations in the U.S.? Um, well, they're based in New York. I think they, they now adopt out to, like, Philly and Baltimore and D.C. Okay. Uh, but I don't think they have any, like, locations anywhere else. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we ended up, you know, obviously booking a, a trainer with – they have, like, a recommended list um, who – you know, we had one session, and, you know, we didn't really click, but I think they got us off on – the right foot, you know, with crate training, with place training, um, like clicker stuff. Mm -hmm. So we, we got off um, right on that foot and then they gave us the sort of like canine lifeline uh, thing, which goes over their nose. Cause I think one of the things that we were struggling with most, the most was just like leash manners. Okay. Um, I've never heard of that canine like, I've definitely seen it, but I didn't know that was the name for it until you just said it. Yeah, so it's, like, a transitional thing. So, like, now yeah. whenever we use it, it's mostly, like, a slip lead. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, so you can, like, pull part of it through a loop and then put it over their nose. Yeah. Um, okay. So... I didn't know that was the name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think some people, there's, like, a different one where you just, you could just do it with any slip lead, I think, where you, like, twist mm -hmm. it and put it over their nose. Um, but this one is, like, a specific brand, I guess. Okay. Um, but yeah, so we started off on that foot and then, um, our friends, Nancy and Andy, who actually, uh, Nancy volunteers at Korean Canine also, 
um, they started training with our current trainer, Kimberly of Clarity Canine. Um, and I had, I had like started following her on Instagram and I was like, Oh, what do you think of her? Um, and Nancy was like, Oh, we love her. She's great. Uh, so that was sort of like our entry into balanced training. Um, and I think, you know, I didn't really like know a lot about dog training before. Mm -hmm. So, um, I didn't really have any thoughts on like prong collars or anything like that. So, and obviously the way that Kimberly taught it was like really, you know, it wasn't just like, you know, just correct them all the time. It was yeah. like, um, you know, introduce it slowly. Like, here's how you do it. Here's how you introduce leash pressure, et cetera. Um, yeah. And then that's how we really started getting into training. So uh, do you, like, did she have any like struggles with dogs or squirrels or anything like that? I mean, um, like outbursts, I guess you could right. say that some um, people might see. Not that I can really remember, like, not a ton of reactivity. I think, you know, I made the classic mistake of, like, you know, like, letting her meet every dog on the street. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I was asking other owners, like, if their dog was friendly and it, if it was okay. Um, and so I thought that put me, like, ahead of the game. I was like, oh, like, I know to ask them if their dog is friendly instead of just being, like, mine is friendly. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think just, like, that um that was like not great obviously to do and then you know with new york there's just like a ton of rats and stuff running around yeah, for so sure. <laughs> um she used to chase those a lot but um yeah it we we never really experienced like very serious reactivity um or not well you probably like nipped it in the butt before anything could really happen with with your training um and going to uh, Kimberly. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I think she has times where obviously she does react and I think that it's totally normal. Like your dog doesn't mm -hmm. have to be a reactive dog to have a reaction at something. Um, but I think that, you know, in the instances that she does have those, uh, reactions, I guess, um, mm -hmm. that sort of, I feel like I pay a lot more close attention to it because, um, it doesn't happen very often. So yeah, at those, yeah, after those happen, I start to um, sort of just like monitor her a little more closely um, and try to, again, like nip it in the bud before it, it goes any further. Mm -hmm. Do you think that, well, I guess this is kind of a generalized question because, um, you know, you got Echo, and she is very well-mannered. I feel like she's a very, like, neutral dog. I've met her before. I'm not just saying this based off of Instagram, everyone. Um, Echo is, is a great dog. But um, do you think a lot of the other rescues have reactivity problems uh, just because, like, they were rescued and maybe they didn't have, like, the greatest genetic makeup or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously I can't speak for all rescues, but I do think that that is fairly common just because of that sort of genetics component, but also like an under socialization, under exposure component where a lot of times, you know, they have missed that critical period. Yeah. Um, do, they, do they normally bring them over um, 
for, from that rescue, like around the same age, or is it kind of just like a mix of puppies and then older dogs? I think it just like depends on sort of like whatever, you know, wherever they find them. Like sometimes yeah. they'll find like a mom and her puppies. And so the mom's a little older and then the puppies yeah. are like puppies, but they have like a facility in Korea where they keep them there to sort of like start the process and, you know, like clean them up and, um, vaccinate them and stuff and then they bring okay. them over okay cool yeah cool cool okay so we talked a little bit about how you transitioned into into more of a balanced training approach um and you just had a post recently kind of about like how you live your life with echo and um how your lifestyle is and enjoying her so what are your priorities when training so I'm sure you're probably going to like revisit <laughs> that post a little bit, which is okay. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like our priorities in training now have obviously changed a lot from where they were a year or two years ago. Um, mm -hmm. I think a lot of the foundation that we set, um, you know, it was a lot of um, being able to settle in place, like a lot of recall um, and just like general sort of, manners and like existence and like being a good boundaries yeah like being yeah. a good canine citizen like out in the world <laughs> um and I feel like actually now where we are is that like I have to like really think about things that I want to work on with her um which is good because a lot of those things and I think I may have either posted about this in a story or something recently but I think a lot of the must-haves for me we have accomplished, which is really great. Um, and so a lot of the things that we train now are nice to haves mm -hmm. where, you know, I'm working on like sharper obedience and, um, you know, maybe agility and like other stuff. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, so that's kind of like where we are now. I don't know if that really answers the question. <laughs> no, 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 it does. And it shows people how like things can evolve over time. And, you know, you get to that point where you're just, you're like, okay, I enjoy my dog you know, she, they can't be any better. Um, let's just throw on these like extra things to, to put her over the top. Um, I thought of a, I thought of a question. Oh, whenever you first got Echo and maybe like a few months in, um, once you were doing like different obedience and things like that, did you have a goal of like, I want to be able to take her to this brewery or I want to be able to take her to on this hike or wh whatever it may be like out in a social setting and not just like at home manners. Yeah. I mean, I think we have always wanted to be able to take her places with us, you know, obviously when it's allowed and when it's appropriate, and, you know, when it sort of is an environment that makes sense for a dog to be in. Um, I think, you know, one of my first goals and I think a lot of people's goals are, is off-leash reliability, okay, yeah, um, which, and I think, you know, working with Kimberly and Clarity Canine was really great in that aspect because, you know, in our consultation, in our first uh, session, she was like, what do you want to do? Like, what are your goals? Um, and I told her to get her off-leash, and she was like, well, like, off-leash stuff is, like, going to be the last thing that we work on in, in this sort of, like, session package or in our training journey because... Mm -hmm what you need to do is like establish 
uh, you know, the rules, establish the expectations, build the relationship. And then all of that off-leash stuff comes afterwards and mm -hmm. comes more easily afterwards because, like, they already yeah. know what to expect. Um, and I think, you know, the other side of that conversation is, like, and I think we, we may have been chatting about this recently, too, is now I think of, like, why is being off-leash the goal? And, like, mm -hmm. why do we sort of glorify that over you know, having dogs on a flexi or like having dogs on a long yeah. line, like maybe it doesn't need to be so much a goal, like the end goal to strive to as like something that's like nice if you end up there. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I feel like people think about that with like taking their dog to a restaurant too. Um, but in reality, like I, you know, we take Layla out and about and everything, um, but it's when she's in a good mind state or in a good mindset like if she's you know had like a rough day and like she saw um you know she she went after like a lot of things that maybe she didn't normally go for I'm not gonna like go out of my way to be like we're taking her to this brewery tonight where there's gonna be like a hundred people and she's probably gonna be aroused um at like level 100 so I think the same goes for um off leash a little bit too like there are times that I want to let her off leash um like on a hike and it's just like I'm not feeling super confident about your recall at the moment um like you know you were good yesterday but today you've seen like a hundred squirrels and try to like go after them yeah and that's like something that we normally don't have a huge problem with so you know maybe I'll hold off on the off leash stuff today so I think that's something that people have to remember, too, is that your dog's mood can change, like, on a day-to-day -day basis. Like, my yeah. mood changes. Like, totally. by the way, I didn't want to go out to eat tonight. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, so I think, you know, you have to think about yourself and how, how you are sometimes. Yeah. And I think, you know, to that point of, like, bringing dogs to a brewery, it's sort of like when when we bring Echo anywhere, it's like I'm always – sort of paying attention to her and I always have to you know I want to make sure that there are like no other dogs coming out to us and I want to make sure yeah. that she's like sort of like settling down and like she's like feeling okay and it's also like you also want to go to a brewery presumably to like enjoy yourself and mm -hmm. like it's okay to sometimes just like leave your dog at home so you can yeah like concentrate on having a good time with the people that you're with for sure. Uh, and, like, you shouldn't have to feel bad about that. Like, dogs don't need to go to breweries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for, for sure. And I was telling this to Bobby, like, having her on leash during a hike isn't really going to, like, take anything away from her. Like, she still gets to sniff everything. She still gets to climb on everything. Mm -hmm. um, you know, she's still, like, around all this cool stuff, like, seeing all the nature and, and everything. So, um, I, I've been thinking about that and like investigating about how much being off leash on a hike, like if it really, you know, has an effect on them at all. Yeah. But okay. So, you know, in that we kind of talked about your angles too, um, and how they've kind of evolved and changed over time. Um, has there ever been a time that you thought Echo has regressed in her training? Um, I mean, I think similar to, you know, what you just said about 
dogs having off days, I think mm -hmm. there have definitely been days where, you know, Echo has been, you know, not super responsive or, you know, not as obedient as I would have liked her to be. And I think yeah. sometimes you just have to like call it what it is and just like move on. Um, I mean, I think like the biggest sort of plateau in our training has been like a hang up of mine, actually. Um, I totally feel that. <laughs> <laughs> like more so than echo regressing, it's just been like me um, not being confident enough. Uh, yeah. And I think that was with e-collar training. Like, you know, I, uh, hi Layla. <laughs> I know she's like, tethered right now and she just like had to like cross herself over. Like, oh. <laughs> Do you want to go fix her? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> Quiet, 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 quiet. Realities of Instagram okay. live. Sorry. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> no worries. I had her tethered while, yeah, her tether while she was chewing like a chicken foot up so she would stay on her place and not get it everywhere. <laughs> and then she, I just like looked over and she was like trying to figure out how to get her back leg like <laughs> over. The, like, oh God, I'm Definitely sorry. <laughs> She tried for a really long time before she started barking. So I, I'm impressed with her frustration tolerance there. But okay, sorry. Oh no worries. Um. Oh yeah. So like when we were e-collar training, I think you know I was sort of hesitant to. Like I wasn't certain that I like knew how to use it. Essentially. Um, Is so your trainer like? is did she teach you how to use it yeah for okay. sure so we had a session where she like taught me how to use it and like introduced it and like mm -hmm. um you know showed us how to find the working level and yeah um you know how to use it as negative reinforcement essentially <laughs> um and i like i you know was practicing with it and then eventually i was like we need to do another session where like we're yeah. sort of like out in the world because like i don't like it's, I get it. The timing, everything. Yeah. yeah, but it's also just like moving it outside where there was like a lot of distractions. I just like didn't feel ready for. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so we had a great session. She like took us out to, a, you know, a nearby park and had Echo on a long line. And um, you know, at one point she was like, you know, you can just like go let her sort of like get lost, like get her sort of let her get get far away from you. Um, and I was like, I'm scared. <laughs> and she was like, don't be scared. Like, it's fine. Um, and she came back. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it worked. And so I think that really helped in my confidence. And, you know, she would, uh, she would text me and be like, go, go practice, like go outside, go to the park and like practice with her. Um, so yeah. And then like, we sort of kept going. And I think even then it was still sort of like months before we we like went on a hike one day and uh she like just took off um after like some sort of critter thing and mm -hmm. it was like so far away and i like freaked out and i just like spun up the e-collar and like tapped it and i heard her sort of like bark but then she came like zooming back yeah and like her tail was like spinning like helicoptering like so happy like she was totally fine and that was sort of like the moment that I had where I was like, oh, like this is 
like no matter what if she like takes off after something like in hot pursuit and like doesn't lift like sort of doesn't mm-hmm. hear me like I have a way to yeah. bring her back and like she will come back yeah and I think after her. that that sort of like gave me more confidence to be like you know it's not always about the number on the e-collar um and like I feel like now I, I don't really often have to use it yeah yeah I've, I've heard you say that before and I think it was on maybe like a month ago, you were, you were telling us how you didn't have the e-collar on her and um, was it like horses or something that passed by, I think, or oh, um, no, well, it we, was. We were on like, a hike and we saw some elk, but she did, yeah. she did have her e-collar on. But Yeah, like, that's what it was. When we first saw them, and like the same with this snake that we saw like last week, um, in those instances where I like, it's like a real emergency, I find that I don't have, like, the time or just, like, the wherewithal to, like, use the e-collar and yeah. in the way that I need to. So I've always just used my voice, and it has worked. So, yeah. um, you know, I think our goal is always to ha- to be able to... <laughs> You're so sweet. Um, you know, our goal is always to to rely on the tools as little as possible. Yeah. But... To have them there if we need them, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been going back and forth on how I use the e-collar. So I feel like recently I've gotten to a point that, like, the days that we're really in sync and we're, like, in tune with each other, you know, I don't use it. And it could be like that for, like, a week. And then there will be a time that, um, like, I'm really stressed out or really impatient. And that's, like, when I'm quick to use the e-collar to be, like (laughs) – you know, stop barking, come back. Like I have little to no patience and I don't feel like messing with like a long line or whatever the case may be. So this morning, um, I, well, actually last night I texted Grace. I was like, I think I'm going to stop using the e-collar until we get farther into our like play and relationship building. And she was like, do it. It's like, okay. (laughs) So (laughs) starting today, like I just, I'm taking a step back and I'm not using it and I'm just trying to be like really intentional with our communication and going back to like using the long line, especially for recall and play and um, trying to like rely more on myself and like use that as the safety net, how you were talking about. And, you know, because hopefully if you get your communication and relationship up there, then you don't have to use those things as much anyways. So, I mean, I feel like also I was starting to, like, we had gone on a hike one time and I, um, I just like hadn't brought her e-collar. I wasn't charged or something. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there were a couple of times where we sort of were like going down a steep hill. So we had to like let go of the leash and I found myself like being really nervous about it because Mm -hmm. we didn't have her e-collar on. And that's when I was sort of like, okay, like this is not okay you know I don't want to be relying on it this much where I just like am scared to let her run down a hill it's you know 50 feet or whatever yeah like we need to be like scale it back yeah just make sure we have that validation yeah Yeah. just just like that reevaluation um and you know I think it's good I think it's good to evolve and and I'm not saying like I'm never going to use it again because I I'm sure I definitely will but um just to kind of like put myself in place 
because it's not fair for me to be impatient and use it on Layla, like, in a way that's not fair to her. Right. So. Um, okay. That was a great conversation. I really liked that. <laughs> um, so how do you deal with setbacks? Um, you know, you said, like, the regression really came from, uh, like, whenever you, you yourself – if you have a day that you're feeling like you're you're behind, do you just do you like to take a break and maybe do like some easier things? Um, just like have a relaxed day and, and chill out, like don't really ask that much of her or um, you know, do you try to like get forward and, and do everything and try to try to fix it, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean I think that in those instances I usually am on like the the side of just like not doing much. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that is also, uh, you know, like the benefit and the privilege of having a, like a partner who is able to like help take that load off of me as well, because For sure. there are times when, you know, like work is really stressing me out. Like it doesn't even have to be anything to do with echo, but mm -hmm. work is stressing me out. I'm super busy and like, you know, I just, like, don't really want to deal with, with anything. Yeah. Um, you know, so Jesse is really good about, you know, taking care of Echo and, like, obviously doing whatever needs to be done. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, and then, like, on those days, we're also, like, okay, just, like, go eat out of a bowl and, like, you know, go just, like, snuffle for your food, like, around yeah. the house. You know, like, it's – I used to be, like – we have to train with every meal. And I still love doing that. I still love mm -hmm. using her meals to train. But now I'm more like, you know, put put the bowl on the ground and, like, go for it. It's like, yeah. and it's not even, I used to also be like, if she's eating out of a bowl, I still have to make her work for it before she goes. But now I'm just like, some days it's just, like, good for both of us to be like, I'll put the food down and, like, I won't even ask for eye contact. And I'll just say, like, okay. And then, like, I go away and um, she just eats <laughs> That's, that's awesome. I mean, there have definitely been days that it's just like, can't deal. Like, here, here you go. It'll be yeah. easiest for the both of us if you just do this. And if you just, you know, eat, eat out of the bowl or whatever, instead of working for it, because, you know, you might maybe um, impatient and goes back to that, like, you know, it's unfair for, for you to, um, to, to do that and, and give them that negative energy. Um, I just had a notification come up that my screen time's almost up. So if I pause for like a second here, like five minutes, it's because I have to hit that notification. Okay. <laughs> I need to. I need to set that. I think I'm. I'm like always. I always go over it. It's awful. I'm, I'm bad. I'm on Instagram way too much. I literally just have it for Instagram too. I, not like all social media. So I'm so bad. But um. So if someone was in your shoes, like where you were maybe a year or two ago, how would you like comfort them? What would you say to them to, you know, kind of let them know to like, just keep going, keep pushing forward? Yeah. I mean, I would say that it, I think, I don't know. How do I put this? <laughs> I like, I think for me, a huge part of moving forward in times that like I felt really unsure or unconfident was like having a really good support system of like people that I could talk to um you know whether that is our trainer who like also is a friend or whether that is like 
people that I met on Instagram who I like still talk to all the time. Um, you know, I think I found it really helpful to be able to like bounce ideas off of people. And I think that sometimes it's hard to, especially when you're like super into training your dogs. Yeah. You know, and I think Oliver had just written a post about this because Ace is at a board and train. When you're super into training your dogs, it's like hard to ask for help. Yeah. And I I can see that. It's hard to say that like we've been working on this and and you have that setback. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, it's just like, but we're also like not professional dog trainers. Yeah, but it's, like, we're not professional dog trainers. We have, like, full-time jobs, and we have Mm -hmm. other things going on, and, like, it's okay to ask for help. And I think, like, at that moment, that's when, you know, you can really sort of push through things. Whether that's, like, help in the sense of just, like, mental health, like, help, you know, support me through this, or that's, like, professional help through a trainer. Yeah. Um, You know, I think either can be really helpful. Yeah, I think that and just don't be closed-minded. Um, even if it's something as small as, like, I never thought Layla would have the play drive that she does. Just It just never never occurred to me, like, never thought about it. And um, yeah. I just – I always thought, you know, food was, like, her highest motivator. But, nope, it is definitely play. <laughs> so even, like, something as simple as that, just, like, don't be closed-minded to, to experimenting and trying things. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that I have to work on a lot more, too, is, like, Echo's play drive, because I know that she, like, she loves to play, but I need to be able to sort of, like, channel that drive better and, Mm -hmm. you know, not just rely on food all the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Grace was telling me it was, like, er, er, urban dog leader, Grace. Um, For those of you who don't know, I'm sure you probably know who I'm talking about, but, uh, she was, like, just telling me about that, like, social interaction that you get from, like, play and loving on each other versus, like, the transactional piece of, like, the dog does one thing, you give them food, and then they do mm-hmm. something else, you give them food. That social interaction has just, like, such a deeper, like, you know, goes down deeper in their brain and, like, gets all these emotions going that it helps, like, instill the behavior in them more. Um so after she just told me that like recently and I was like, I mean, it makes sense because the things that I do whenever we play, um, she is like so much more excited about it. Yeah. Though versus just with food. Um, so to someone who doesn't have a reactive dog, um, or maybe just, like, doesn't really know, like, what reactivity is, and they think that, um, you know, a dog barking at another dog is, like, just normal. What would you say to them so that they could be a little bit more educated? Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I would say, like, a lot of the, like, I was actually having um, brunch with my mom this mm-hmm. weekend, and she is, like, not a dog. Uh oh. Okay. Are you there? My thing just paused for, okay. for my <laughs> I was like, was that screen time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know uh, it's going to come. Um, but yeah, so I was like, sort of like nerding out on her and like, your mom. all of these things yeah, on my mom. Yeah. 
And like to her credit, she was like listening and being like, uh huh. <laughs> um, but you know, I was telling her that a lot of, and I know that to anthropomorphize dogs is like a little not the best way to do it. But, um, you know, I was like, if we, you know, we were like sitting on the street, like having brunch and I was like, if we were just sitting here and like people kept like coming up to us and like saying hi and like wanting to give us hugs and like, we didn't know them, wouldn't we eventually be like, hey, get the fuck away from me. Yeah, this is weird. <laughs> like it's sort of, you know, it's it's not necessarily, I guess it's more of like a metaphor than like anthropomorphizing yeah. them. But, you know, I think it almost helps people more to like put it in the sense of like something that they would experience mm -hmm. um, as opposed to trying to explain to them how their dog would feel. Because I feel like a lot of people, whether they do or not, already think that they know what their dog is feeling, um, whether or not they actually do. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I, I feel like I think that way a lot. Like, just how would I feel in this, um, Layla? I'm not really supposed to be on the couch, but can't. <laughs> <laughs> Give oh, us some Layla. Yay! Layla! Hi! <laughs> okay, sis, off the couch. Echo is, like, passed out of my bedroom and, like, is not even interested in participating. <laughs> <laughs> she gave you the side eye. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I feel like I think about that like a lot, like, um, just the either like excitement or arousal or overwhelming, whatever of, uh, of how like the dog fills in like yeah. different times. Um, Queen also just like, Layla, yeah. Uh, just like letting people know that it's like not normal. Cause I feel yeah. like, cause that's just what like a lot of people think. Like they just, yeah. And we've, I'm, I don't know if it's like this in, in other countries, but just like in America, it's been like, let everyone meet everyone, you know, in, in to dog terms, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there are like, every time we go on a walk, it's like people are like, there's, there's like one dog who is just like always barking at other dogs and the owner is just like on his phone mm -hmm. and like not paying attention because he's basically just like resigned himself to the fact that like his dog just does this. Yeah, exactly. I want to be like, it doesn't have to be that way. I know. I know. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, goodness. And that kind of goes along the same lines of, like, educating someone on being a respectful dog owner. Um, so, you know, like, be present. You know, don't be on your phone. Yeah. Um, don't just, like, let your dogs come up to everyone. Um, and, you know, that's one of the reasons that we're – I wanted to have this like kind of conversation on Instagram is to let people know that like, you know, some dogs don't like that type of yeah. thing. Do you have anything to add on to that? Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's sort of just like, I mean, I hate when people always say like normalize this and normalize that, but it's like normalizing that like responsible dog ownership like is the standard like training your dog is yeah the standard like I have you know friends you know one, one time one of our friends um who doesn't have a dog but you know we were meeting up with them and they were like you know you really changed what I feel like a how I think a dog should be like mm -hmm. as a baseline awesome. and yeah I feel like you know that was really nice because I like 
wouldn't it be great if like all dogs were well behaved and it's not that people aren't trying but I Mm -hmm. think that like a lot of people just don't know yeah it's like yeah they don't know like just the knowledge around it and um you know some people probably just like don't know what they're signing up for a lot of the time so and then the dog ends up like just staying at home 24 7 I mean as a family like we have you know re like when I was younger we had a puppy from a friend like a family friend so like essentially a backyard breeder and Mm -hmm. it was a German shorthaired pointer you know they're like bred to hunt they're very active and we just like weren't ready and you know no one was like really willing to invest the time like I was young and um you know we just we just didn't know and like that dog ended up having to be rehomed Mm-hmm. And then um, when I was in college, um, we ended up, you know, bringing another dog into the family that also ended up needing to get rehomed because no one, I was like away and like no one had the time and resources to devote to, to it. Yeah. And, you know, I think those two experiences have really made me, that's like part of why I'm like so into training Echo is because I'm like, this can never happen in my family again. Yeah. Yeah, especially because now it's, like, your own dog. Like, right. you chose to got it. You chose to get it. Got yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you chose to, to get her. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that just comes with, like, a lot of stuff. Like, having a dog, you're really able to see who's responsible and who's not, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, just, like, with how, how things go and how they treat their dog and, and everything like that. Because you know, you, you sign up for this and how they handle things with their dog, you know, that might reflect and show how they might handle things in like a workplace. So, yeah. and another thing too, like going back to the, um, your first dog that had to be rehomed, um, you said you just didn't know, like, or your family didn't know how active and how, um, like their hunting instincts, how, how big that was. And, um, you know, people just don't know about the breed. They get breeds because they think they're cute and, and they don't do their research beforehand. Um, I was actually having this conversation with my friend the other day because she really wanted a pug and then she ended up getting a poodle and cute as can be. And, uh, Wait, she wanted a pug. Yeah. She wanted she a, ended pug. Up getting a poodle. Yes. <laughs> a, a toy poodle. Like a, oh, a, a toy, a I was like, those one. are very different. Yeah, I mean, he's cute as button. He And I was asking her the other day, you know, are you glad that you got um, a toy poodle instead of a pug? Because she was, like, really wanted a pug. And she was like, yeah, like, you know, he fits our family so perfectly, this and that. And then she was like, and after doing research, I found out, you know, all of the health issues that they have and how maintenance that they are. And I was like, that it was just like so refreshing to hear that you know someone did that research to 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 know that you know what I mean yeah it was like I don't think I'm gonna be able to handle this or I don't think it's gonna fit with my lifestyle so um you know we're gonna go with this other dog instead or this other breed so I I don't know it was really refreshing to me to hear that yeah Um, makes me proud (laughs) (laughs) um so 
you have your trainer and you've had the same trainer, right? Since you've had echo, which is, is great, you know, cause I know some people jump and there's drama sometimes and this and that. Um, so that's really, really good to hear. But how do you determine what is best for your dog whenever there's all these like different, um, methods and standards and clarity came out of my eyes. Like, I'm like, I saw that Kimberly was on earlier. I wonder if she's still on. Yeah, um, I saw that. You. I was like, <laughs> we recommended you to someone today. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it is hard, but I think that also the benefit of finding a trainer that you really trust is that, you know, you can bounce things off of them and, you know, um Kimberly is also like okay here we go I'm gonna really sing your praises here yeah you came Um, back at the right time she's also (laughs) just like always learning also yeah and we have like taken a virtual course together where we were like both students of the course taking we took like a NSR foundations class from Jen Banks um last year virtually and I don't know if Haley's still on but Haley was in it too um, you know, and like right now she is taking Ivan's course and she is taking yeah. sessions from Jay Jack. And I think so like our philosophy is just like line up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that her training style has evolved and so has mine. And I think that, you know, she has always been open to also me like taking sessions with other people. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that just like trying different things out is a good way to figure out sort of like what's right for you mm-hmm. and you know what maybe doesn't feel so right because I think that even since I have started training echo it's like I think that now you know on the scale of like force free to compulsion where there's like balance and then like lima mm-hmm. you know I think I'm like sort of going back towards like trying to use as little as possible, but mm-hmm. I'm ready to use as much as necessary, you know? Yeah. Um, like I have been trying to walk Echo on a flat collar for whenever I can, but I always have my prom collar in my bag just in yeah. case. And there have been times where I needed to switch it out. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, that was like sort of a tangent, but <laughs> oh no, I'm sure she's. I'm, I'll tag you, Clarity Canine, <laughs> in this afterwards, so people can go back and reference and be like, "That's the trainer that she loves." Um, <laughs> uh, in the New York area, so if yeah, you're in the New York I mean, area, like, hit up Clarity Canine. <laughs> um, I mean, to, like to go back to your original question, it's just like there is so much out there, and. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay to sort of take it all in, like soak it all up, but it can be hard to try and like follow too many people at once. So you you sort of need to make a decision and then stick with it at least like through the point where you feel it's not working. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean like there is just so much information out there. It's hard to know. And so when you have someone that you trust who you feel that your values align with, I think that that's really important. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. And I think it's really good to find someone um, that will like challenge you a bit and maybe say like, you know, you're choosing to do X, even though I'm telling you to do Y. 
just, you know. My husband just joined and he's on the couch. Hey, hey, Jesse. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's good to have someone there to challenge you and be like, you know, you can do this, but like, why? Why do you think it's better? You right. know, um, and have those differences of opinions, but be able to like actually converse about them instead of like arguing. Yeah. Um, it's really good to find someone that you can do that with and, you know, has the same end goal, obviously, of, of making Echo a, a better dog, more enjoyable for your family. Um, but yeah, that's, that's great. I'm so glad Kimberly is on here. <laughs> she said she, uh, yeah, always good to be open-minded both ways, for sure, totally. Um, they said they loved you, too, on there. I don't know if you saw we that. We love them. <laughs> um, so this is a similar question um, to one that we had before, but how do you structure taking care of your dogs when feeling overwhelmed, busy, or low? Um, you can shout out Jesse again. <laughs> Jesse, are you listening? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that it helps to sort of, we have like, um, we don't have like a set schedule, but we have a routine. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, Andrew just joined. Andrew, you just missed me talking about you and Kimberly. Andrew is like the second half of Clarity Canine. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think it helps to have sort of like a routine that our, our day is just like shaped around every day. Mm -hmm even though it's not like every day she gets fed at this time and gets walked at this time and whatever, like we have sort of like a general wake up, walk, breakfast, mm -hmm. hang out, lunchtime walk, hang out some more, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, 5 p.m. walk and then dinner, etc. So I think that like having that also makes it um, really easy when we have days where like the mental capacity just isn't there mm -hmm. and we're like, you know, it's okay to just do, you know, the bare minimum for like yeah. a day or, you know, two days if, if, if it needs. Need. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, Jesse was gone this weekend. Um, so, you know, I had sort of like single, single dog mom life for the weekend and, it just, it, I mean, honestly, like props to, to single dog moms out there, or like those who have two dogs even, um, yeah. because it does, it does take up a lot of time and it does take up a lot of brain space. And, uh, I feel really lucky to have like a partner that I can rely on to help me out with that. Oh, for sure. For sure. Hot <laughs> girl weekend on the couch, like binging yeah. shadow, shadow and bones and YA sci-fi fantasy. Oh my gosh. Yeah, don't be too hard on yourself. Tell yourself that every day. Um, I like, I think it was, yeah, it was Haley that pinned it up the other day. Um, Paul's and Reflex. She was just like, you know, every day we can guarantee three things. Um, a play session, she eats like X amount and um maybe a walk or something like that. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, just to make sure that she gets, like, plenty of potty breaks. Right. And it's just, like, you know, if those are your, your three goals and then it, you do those three things, which are pretty easy to do, um, and then everything else is just, like, an add-on, and you feel, like, those great success for everything that you add on to those days, you're, like, feel so productive. 
um, because you set your expectation kind of low. Yeah. Um, and then you're able to overachieve, which I think is a really, really good mindset to have. We've been talking about that at work lately um, with like the amount of tasks that we set on for our team. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, like under schedule overachieve kind of thing. Um, yeah. And it isn't with dogs too. So, um, so what did you do on your, on your single mom weekend? How did you, what did, I did do? you binge watch lots of things? And that's how you replenish um, your Yeah, energy? I watched Shadow and Bone and I started watching The Nevers, which is on HBO. Um, yeah. And then I actually did, I just like, I, you know, like went to go see my mom. She lives in Greenpoint. Uh, which is like a neighborhood in Brooklyn. And then, you know, I, I, I did a lot of things for me, which was nice. Um, you know, like, I, I love doing things with Echo, obviously. Like, I... <laughs> so also, that is the saying, Brittany, under promise over deliver. I can't think of um, it. I was not those bugs this weekend, Sophia. Sorry <laughs> to disappoint. Um, I... What was I going to say? Oh, um... I ended up doing a lot of things like out of the house and it was like super hot. It was like in the nineties. So I like didn't want to bring echo with me. So, um, I actually just like, we usually create her every time we leave. Mm -hmm. Um, but I actually was like, Oh, like I'll just test leaving her out for a couple of hours. I saw, yeah, I saw that you did that. Yeah. Um, and she was great. I mean, I think part of it has to do with the fact that it's like, I mean, we obviously like leave the AC on for her, but I mean, mm-hmm. part of it has to do with the fact that it's just like so hot out that she like doesn't even want to do anything anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I saw think... that you said that the first time you went, she was like a little anxious. And then the second time she just like fell asleep on her placemat. Yeah. I think she was just like, okay, I get it. I know what's mm-hmm. happening now. But I think, you know, also to sort of the other side of it, which is, you know, similar to what we were talking about at a brewery and like wanting to be able to sort of like check out and enjoy yourself. It's like when she is uncreated, I was like constantly checking the camera and I was like, I wonder how she's doing. I wonder where she is. And it's like when she's in her crate, I'm just like, I know she where she is and I know yeah. what she's doing. Like she, I don't need to check on her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think we're trying to peel back some layers of structure that, have served us really well over the years and I think have helped us establish a really good foundation, but like maybe we don't need to rely on as much anymore. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a really good way to, to evolve to, you know, talk about that evolution. And like I said, Echo is a great dog. I have met her in person. Um, (laughs) And uh, like, it's been, she's going to be three and, you know, she is just now getting this, um, like free roam, no crate while they're gone time. And she's three, you know, so, you know, don't be, don't be, uh, trying to, to rush the gun. I think. Totally. Um, I mean, I think there will be situations where we will create her for like the rest of her life in, in certain mm-hmm. situations. Cause we also don't want to like lose that skill, you know, yeah. where we, she becomes like uncomfortable in a crate. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that we, I don't know, I forgot where I was going with this, but yeah, I mean, we used to, <laughs> we used to have a lot of structure, like all of our walks used to be structured, you know, mm-hmm. she always used to be on place whenever we were in the house, and now she just sort of like is demonstrating that she is reliable enough to like have this sort of liberty, and I forget 
you know, which trainer said it, I think it might have been Pat Stewart or Larry Crone, basically, you just like bust your ass for like the first two years of their life and like really, really try to make sure that they have it down and they know what's expected and they have this clarity. And then basically like for the rest of their lives, it's like, it's just touch ups, right? Like mm -hmm. they know it, like they know the drill. Like basically the work is worth it in the beginning. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we just have a few minutes left. Um, I mean, I guess we could go longer if so, but <laughs> I try to keep it about like an hour ish. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about your fostering and that yeah. experience. Um, so she just had another dog from Korean canine, right? Yeah. Um, named Aria and she is now with, um, her new fam. Um, yes. but talk a little bit about that and then, I know your situation was kind of unique in that you kept Aria longer than needed um, or longer than what, what was kind of expected at first. Mm -hmm. So um, talk about maybe how that happened and then like what it would normally be. Yeah, for sure. Um, so basically like the reason that I had wanted to start fostering was because Eventually, I think we do want to get another dog, and I don't think we would do it while we're, like, in Brooklyn in a tiny apartment, but mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to see if Echo was ready, essentially, to, like, be in a two-dog household, and, you know, when you're sort of, like, out with other, when you're, like, out in the environment, it, it's, like, it's hard to control all the factors, right? Yeah. Um, you know, when you're, like, out at the park or, like, out on a hike or whatever. So I was like, let's just like foster a dog because I'm like, we know that there is sort of like an end in sight unless we end up foster failing. But I was like, oh, it's sort of like renting a dog where, yeah, kinda, yeah. where you know, I can have these two dogs in my home and I can sort of control all of the variables, right? Like mm -hmm. if Echo is uh, like freaking out or like if Echo is getting too excited, I can separate them, Yeah, you know, as opposed to like, in a situation like if we were at the park during off leash hours, if she were getting too excited and I wanted her to leave, and then like sometimes another dog just like follows us. Runs us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was essentially a test to see if she was ready. And, um, you know, when I reached out to say that I was wanting to foster, they were like, oh my God, we have the perfect dog for you, um, for your home. And so Aria is like, she's like the cutest like prettiest little thing. Um, she, I think she was like around seven or eight months when we first started fostering her. So oh, wow. around the I same time. She was that old. Yeah. Around the same time that Echo was when we got her. Um, and I think that this was also a really eye opening experience for me in the sense that Echo was the only dog I have worked closely with for like two, over two years now. Right. So it's like, she's the only dog I've known that I've like trained extensively. Mm-hmm. And just to see the difference in the two of them and to have to adapt the way that I train to a dog that is genetically very fearful of flight risk, is very sensitive to everything, you know, didn't have a lot of confidence, yeah. didn't, didn't play. Um, it was just like so different and uh -huh. I think that was really good for me because I was like getting used to Echo and I was like, oh, she's like, she'll go jump on this thing. I'm like, whatever. Um, 
but yeah, so typically the foster commitment is two weeks. And, you know, I think that after two weeks, if I had been like, oh, I've had enough, you know, yeah. these, you know, they would have found another foster for her. But, you know, me being sort of like the type A person that I, that I am where I don't want to like start a project and not finish and not it. Yeah, for sure. And like also just like guilt at, you know, she was already in the city for a few months and was like so uncomfortable and like just like needed a place to sort of like relax and I didn't want mm -hmm. her to keep like shifting Maybe. around yeah. to other foster homes so I was like oh let's just like keep her and you know they were really good about if we had to you know if we went if we wanted to go on vacation they would like take her back for, for a week or so that. yeah mm -hmm. um so we ended up having her in total for like almost six months um and we really didn't wow, start so to see two weeks to six months <laughs> Which is like very like not, not typical. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, I think that there is. I think when you adopt a dog, there's someone had told me the same. There's like three days, three weeks, and three months, right? Like they take like three days to sort of like decompress in your home and like start to feel comfortable. Three weeks to, I don't know, do something else. <laughs> yeah. Three months to sort of like really become themselves like in your home, and that's what we saw with Aria. Where like it took her almost three months to like start playing with Echo. Wow. And then in the last three to six months, she really started to like come out of her shell where like, you know, her tail would like flip up on walks and we'd be like, Oh my God, look. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, they were just like playing inside all the time, which was great. And then, you know, what's so lovely to see now is that in her permanent home, she also has like an older dog sister and you know she's going out she lives like outside the city so it's a lot quieter for her and there's awesome. like you know really really big um like dog parks that she can like run around in and mm -hmm. you know it's just like a, a really great life for her and it's really nice to see her come along and like start to come into her own and flourish yeah yeah absolutely. like the times that you send us um like videos and Look I'm like obsessed every it's time like, I see. It's like, it's so cute, you know? And it's just like, like what you said, your type A personality of like seeing something from start to finish. And um, you did a, a really great job with her. What are, like, whenever you foster, is there anything that they ask you to do? Um, like in terms of training, like, do they ask you to kind of get them acclimated with the crate or? Yeah. I mean, I think it sort of depends on the dog. Like they, um, you know, they, they, they give you all the resources to crate train. I mean, like, Aria loved her crate. So oh, that's awesome. It, we had to do, like, reverse crate training where I had yeah. to, like, <laughs> have her to place, like, in the living room so she wouldn't just, like, come in and, like, run directly into her crate, um, which is, you know, great. because And she was, like, very quiet. Like, I don't think I ever heard her bark. <laughs> Um, wow. whereas like some fosters, they hate the crate and they like scream in there all night. So I'm like, yeah, you know, thank God we, we ended up getting, um, a foster who sort of like at least had that base. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, they sort of let, you know, they want you to do, to work on like place training, crate training, um, sort of like just hand feeding stuff. 
with Aria, like we worked a little bit on, on loose leaf swapping. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Um, yeah, because I've never, I've never fostered, and I've never had like friends that have fostered besides the people that I've met on Instagram. So I didn't know like what was, and I'm sure it's a little bit different for each, for each um, like rescue, but I don't know like what is um, like expected. Um, a Travis 13 has a question um, and he says, biggest difference you didn't expect when dealing with Aria versus Echo. Didn't expect. I mean, I feel like it was like almost everything. <laughs> I like, <laughs> I can't remember, I mean, I think Echo has never been, like, very scared of anything. It, even when we first got her on walks, she was sort of, like, the biggest issue that we had to deal with was, like, she was, like, pretty stubborn, so she would just, like, stop and, like, not go, or she would, like, pull. Um, but I never really considered her a flight risk, and Aria, like... <laughs> two weeks into us fostering her, I think it was two weeks, completely ran away from me. Yeah. And I, like, freaked out. Like, I've never had a dog run away from me before that sort of, like, you know, didn't eventually just, like, come back or, like, yeah. was sort of just, like, running ar around in, like, a playful manner. Mm -hmm. And Aria was, like, running out of fear. And, like, so her flight instinct kicked in. And she just, like... I chased, I chased her, like, all over Brooklyn, and I, like, was, like, running down the street, and, like, you know, people are, like, starting to run after her, and I'm, like, no, don't chase her, like, that's gonna make her run even more, and she ended up, like, running so far that by the time she was caught, like, her little paw pads were ripped up, um, but, yeah, I had, like, never had to deal with a dog that was, like, that fearful, and I think, like, that was one of the biggest differences, you know, in in between Aria and Echo that I just, like, never would have been prepared for. Yeah, well, and, like, a lot of people don't don't realize that there are dogs that are flight risks. Um, I don't know if Brittany's still on here, but she, she talked a little bit about how Wesley is a flight risk. Mm -hmm. um, and Layla's a flight risk sometimes. Um, so, you know, it's just knowing that some dogs fight and some dogs flight and some dogs freeze so yeah. you know that's just another thing that you know knowledge and um not saying that like you you're unknowledgeable or whatever because <laughs> you are <laughs> but um we're all unknowledgeable in some things yeah but sometimes like you just don't realize that like it can be so extreme until you're in that situation Definitely. um so that's all the questions that I have. Um, and it was great talking to you. Me um, too. But if anyone has any other questions that they want to drop in real quick, or um, if you have anything that you want to like say or recap, whatever, um, feel free to do that. Um, Brittany said, had to do a ton of recall with him to imprint that. Now when he gets scared, he looks for me. That's great. That is That's awesome. That's exactly what you want. Yep. That's awesome. Um, does anyone else have any questions? I'm gonna ask you, what are you drinking? I know you have a wine glass. Okay. Here's my new thing that I also discovered in my hot girl weekend. 
Okay. <laughs> and like, it's not really groundbreaking, but it's rosé with seltzer in it. <laughs> okay. Well, like not, I... not hard seltzer, like just regular yeah. water seltzer. <laughs> like just sparkling water. Yeah. Um, I drink this beer and it's a, uh, like a rosé cider. Mm. It is extremely good. Um, it's from this brewery in Cincinnati, but recently I've been drinking Trulies. So nice. this one's the strawberry lemonade one. It's pretty good. Nice. I was on like a white claw kick last year and it was like getting to be a real problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love lemonade. So like the, um, lemonade seltzers, I love, love them. I know the problem is that they're so easy to drink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are. Um Okay. Well, if no one has any questions, um, thank you guys for joining. Um thanks for your, your comment, Gino and Pokey, uh, for doing this. Um and this will be saved up on my page. Um I'll probably put it on here tomorrow after writing a little something special about Tessa and Echo. And you guys can expect to see that on my page. Um, but thank you guys so much for joining another live. And yay. Thanks you're for amazing. having us. You're amazing, Sophia. Thanks, uh, Sophia, for all your too. commentary and watching yes, the whole I thing. Love <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, you guys have a great night. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>